Hi, I'm Sherry Falco. Welcome to the Grace Chronicles. I'm here with my co-host, Layla Kiley. And our guest today is Acacia Murphy, and she has a wonderful story. Um, she struggled with mental illness for years, but she found the joy of the Lord. And uh, you can actually, for those of you who are viewing on YouTube, you can actually see it all over her. For you listeners out there on the other platforms, you'll just have to take our word for it and hear it in her voice. spoke earlier, um, you were telling me, um, I don't know, it makes me want to cry the beginning of your story, but then I look at your face and know that there's a very, very happy end. But um, you struggled with uh, some mental illness and had some struggles with depression and other, other things. So can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, I actually uh, started struggling with depression when I was like really young. I would have to, I can remember um, being like, you know, nine, maybe around 10 years old. Um, I really struggled with uh, just hopelessness. Um, I grew up in an abusive home. So I had an issue with cutting. I would, you know, cut myself, cut my arm, just really trying to take out I guess I feel like I tried to just drown the pain. So the more physical pain that I felt, it would distract me from the emotional pain. Okay. And I know another thing that, that I dealt with was like, if I felt like I hurt someone else or I wasn't like living my life um, in a right way, I would take it out on myself. So I know the thing that's, the, yeah, the thing that struck me is that you kept saying um, when I was talking to you the first time is that you wanted to be good. You wanted yes. desperately to be good. Yes, yes. And I did. I really, it, it seemed like everybody else around me had everything together, especially their emotions. <laughs> um. Like, you know, and it felt like I just couldn't get my emotions right. You know, I've always been told growing up that I was too sensitive, that I cried too much. And so that was the, one of the main things I dealt with was, you know, just um, trying to get control of my emotions. So it was that on top of just me struggling with how to live, you know, this life to where I was acceptable to other people around me. Gosh, that's such a young age. So I... So about the cutting, that's what you're, that is awfully young. Is that something that um, you knew other people who did or is, is that's the way it was? Right. So I learned it from a friend that was in a neighborhood and it, mm. turned, it started with just having, you know, trying to get a tattoo. But then, you know, I grabbed a hold of that behavior and I just kept it going. Like it was, it, it was like my way of escape. Gosh. Wow. Okay. Well, I know that some of the the abuse that you were talking about, some of it was sexual abuse. Right. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, um, so I can't remember what order, because you said at some point um, that C Child Protective Services involved in your life. So what right. happened that they would get involved in your life? So I um, kept cutting myself, you know, I would go to school the counselor will find out at school and eventually they had to, you know, call child protective services. And up until that point, my parents, um, my mom was married to, at this time she was married to a pastor. 
And up until that point, they had I had already, you know, visited um, psychiatric hospitals uh, several times. They didn't help me out. So and what age? Though? What age did the, this start? The psych wards started at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, but I kept cutting, just kept, you know, just, you know, I was super nervous about everything. Very shy, quiet, and super nervous. Well, the counselor found out because I was in the bathroom cutting myself. They contacted um CPS and I remember my mom saying that she didn't want me anymore. Like she couldn't deal with it anymore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so horrible. I'm so sorry. But you, so you had more than just depression though. I mean, you eventually got more diagnoses than that and were on quite a lot of medication. Yeah. So that led, so when she said she, she couldn't deal with me anymore, or maybe I, I, I really do believe she had a hard time trying to, you know, she yeah. didn't know the disorder. So maybe she did struggle. Well, I ended up in CPS, Child Protective Services. And then that was, that's a whole nother st- story of its own. But there I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and schizoaffective disorder. And I was taking a lot of medication every night. Um, Did anyone ever just mention that you were just severely traumatized? We we talked about trauma. We went to classes on trauma, but this was a natural, you know, I don't think they knew much about, even I didn't know a lot about, you know, the spiritual aspect of anything. You know, yeah. I, it wasn't. Right. But didn't right. you say, so you, they diagnosed you with all these different things. So bipolar. State, right. Yeah. Okay, so you're a ward of the state. And I thought you said to me that they were, you were, t- was this right? That you were taking like 14 pills a night or something right, right, like that? Right. So I was taking about may- maybe a little bit more, but I remember I was taking Valporic acid. They call it Depakote. So that was six pills. And then I was taking some other stuff like um, Thorazine, ha- Haloperidol, which you give to people who schizo- um schizophrenia. And so, and it was a combination of all the, all of those three, maybe, I mean, I've taken so many different medications that I can't even remember all, but I I can tell you all of the names that I was on. And honestly, it didn't, it didn't help me out. I don't, it didn't, I didn't get helped out until I got saved. There's the good part. So, yeah. So, but still, right. So you're, you're on this. You're now a ward of the state, but still there's something in you that you kept saying you just wanted to be good. And I think right. as you got older, you said you just wanted to be able to keep a job. Right. That was the biggest struggle right there. Okay. My emotion. So because I was getting older, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I aged out of care. So aging out of care meaning that you, you turn, uh, you were 18 or over. And you get out of CPS, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to pay bills. Like you don't know how to catch a bus. You don't know anything. And my emotions were still like, you know, really just, I couldn't um, deal with my emotions. I, I couldn't even verbalize what I was feeling. I couldn't even tell you if I was feeling fear or, you know, frustration because I didn't have a language for my emotions Mm -hmm. because for so long you, I was, I grew up in a a home where you just be quiet. If you cry, you need to shut up. You need to be quiet Mm. or else I'll give you something to cry about, you know? So I didn't 
have the language for it. Well, after getting out of CPS, I could not keep a job. And that's what really brought me to the, my knees because I really tried. I really tried to keep a job. I really tried to do the right thing. And my, my family, they, you know, they saw me and I, I'm pretty sure I, I, I looked like, you know, I was just getting by, but I really was trying. I really was, you know, I really tried to pay my bills. I really tried to do all these things, but I just couldn't uh, manage my emotions at work. And I, I would get to eat um, almost a year and boom, something would break out emotionally and I would, you know, either quit or I would get fired. And so that was the big turning point for me, because like I said before, when we had the um, talk, I got fired from this job. I was working with CPS children. <laughs> I, I got fired and I remember I had an apartment during that time. And I remember I just like, I cried. I wasn't even crying for God. I just broke down and started crying. I really wanted to take my life because man, I'm really trying, but it's just not working for me. And that moment in 2012 is when I heard a voice and nobody ever told me that you can hear God's <laughs> voice. Like, so it was brand new to me. But I heard a voice from inside of me tell me, come to me, my daughter, I'm going to help you. And I remember that's when everything began to change. Okay, so let's just focus on that for a second. I just, I don't want to lose this because this is, this is great. So how old are you at this point? At that point, I was 29 years old. Okay, so... So this is, this struggle has been for, for a long time mm -hmm. and, and the struggle with mental illness and with your, what you say about your emotions right? and just trying to be good. So you get fired from this job and I thought you said that you went to church. Is this right? Am I remembering you went to church to be good? This was before, right? This, this is before, was before that. Because the children at the CPS home that I was working in, we had to take them to church on Sunday. Okay. Right. But then you getting some exposure yeah. to. I didn't think so, but I guess maybe I was because honestly, I just went because we needed to, we needed a few, we needed two or three staff to take 20 some girls on these two white vans to church. Okay. And honestly, so I didn't want to be there. <laughs> so, but I'm trying to figure out, so where are you? So your client, you want to take your life because this whole thing, you can't, you can't figure out your life. You can't hold down a job. You can't pay your bills. Right. So where are you physically? Are you at home? Yes. I was in the apartment. Now before oh, that's what you said. Okay. Right, because before I was actually receiving, um, um, benefits, so okay. I was I was deemed a ward of the state, meaning that uh, they give you this label where you're they label you mentally incapable to work. So you get mm -hmm. like some funds for that. OK, so but I really didn't want to be I, don't, I didn't want to receive that. I really wanted to just do it myself. But oh, okay. I actually really had a hard time doing it. Mm hmm. So I was in my apartment when everything just clashed again. Well, you just didn't have any coping skills and you were emotionally dysregulated. I mean, you know, when things would come up, you just lack those coping skills. Gosh. All right. So you hear God. First of all, nobody's told you you can hear God. I know. <laughs> so all of a sudden you hear him say, what again? 
Come to me, my daughter. I'm going to help you. And then what happens? Yes. Okay. So this is what happened. I was actually addicted to cigarettes for years. I tried years. I even took the the nicotine patch that gave me blood clots, but mm -hmm. nothing would help me stop, you know, smoking cigarettes. I was on um, um, ADD medication okay. and I was also addicted to Red Bull because I worked 12 hour shifts. So I, I mixed all of that. Well, that night I just got like sick to my stomach. Now I had no idea what was going on. I just knew that I needed to um, run to the bathroom and just throw up. Okay. After that, all of the all of the addiction to cigarettes left. I dumped all of the cigarettes in the toilet, all of the um, Vyvanse. That's what I was taking in the toilet, and and it was no more after that. I know it sounds crazy, but no, because God came in. So you also said, and that's um, all. That's the only encounter you had had, though. At, at that point, it was just come to me. Yeah, you know, out of me. Mm -hmm. said, come to me, my daughter, I'm going to help you. And that's it, all that had happened at that point. Mm -hmm. That's all. That I was crying. I was crying. So what led up to that, I was really crying, just really just disappointed because I had just got fired. Yeah. So I was so disappointed, like, crap, another job. Like, here I go again, can't keep a job. You know, you know, I, I was only at the apartment, I think, the apartments for like six months. I can't, you know, so I was really crying and that's, it led into that, you know, that encounter that I had. And it was beautiful because I felt so much like comfort, like, you know, um, so much comfort, like film, even though everything was taking place and I was vomiting, it just felt like I, I was getting a big hug, like a huge hug, a hug that I never got before. I love that. I love how simple that is too, you know? I mean, he just says, come to me. And then he embraces you. Yeah. Yes. And so, so you hear God and basically you feel his presence. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So you throw up. And then I thought you said when we were talking before that literally everything changed after that, that mm -hmm. you started yep. reading the Bible and you said everything looked different. Or, can you tell us about that? So after that, like, it felt like <laughs> this is the best part ever. I told you. It felt like heaven like came inside of my apartment. Like every everything felt so um different. My apartment, it was so full of peace. I didn't want to leave it at all. And I knew that like I hadn't had this before. I stayed in there for two weeks straight, like devouring, just reading the Bible, reading, just reading. It was like I was so hungry and everything looked beautiful. The trees, like everything, the clouds, um, it felt like the trees were singing. It felt like <laughs> everything was just singing. Everything was just so beautiful and just, wow, it was just great to just, you know, it felt like I was, I had entered into a new world. Yeah. Yeah. A supernatural world. Yeah. And I actually stay like that for a long time. So you discover joy. Yes. Yes. That's what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. So 
after this encounter, so what happened to all the the other struggles you had, the bipolar, the depression, all of that, what happened and all those pills that you were taking? What? Well, I like I said, the pills, I dumped that. I was determined. I really felt like, um, well, after I found out that there was a, I, I started to learn that there was actually a spiritual side to life I didn't mm-hmm. know about. You know, and so I started to learn that a lot of the things that I was struggling with, they were caused, you know, by, you know, something, you know, the spiritual realm, just dark, you know, the evil spirits, you know, that I had no idea about. But um, like I said, I stayed like that for a long time. And then all of a sudden I would feel maybe depression. I feel like God started to teach me how to fight. Okay. Depression would try to come back in, um, but it wasn't like for a long time, like a sustained period. It would be moments of depression here and there. But I learned how to fight then. Lately, I don't, I can say today that I really don't deal with depression. Yeah. It may come like a sadness may come, maybe because something happened or maybe, you know, because, you know, maybe I'm stressed. I don't know. But it, it's not like a sustained, like, like hopelessness that I felt. Yeah. Um, I so began, how did you fight though? You said that, you know, you so I, learned how how to I learned how to pray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I learned how to pray. I learned how to spend time with God. I learned how to journal where some, some, some days I couldn't like, you know, when I said the depression would try to come in, there were seasons where I couldn't even pray at all, but my writing, my journaling mm-hmm. became a prayer or mm-hmm. God began to show me that even my tears were prayers to him that, that are is deeper than just empty words. Like I, I, I just don't have a need for empty words, you know? And so he began to show me that just different forms of prayer, but eventually I learned how to, not that I learned how to keep a job for a sustained period of time, but I no longer struggled with like, you know, just not being able to stay on a job for a long time. So the job that I'm at right now, and what's so crazy I'm a, I'm a teacher and I never even thought that I could like, you know, when I begin to get dreams about being a teacher, I'm, I was thinking like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Lord, I'm not able to focus for a long period of time, but he, God did it. And it's, I know it was God. It's everything, every step that I've taken up until this point, everything has been God. Like, I can't say that it's because, you know, I had the best education or I had this. I really didn't. I didn't at all. But you said, first of all, just before I skip to my question. So how long have you been at the job you have now? For about five years. See, Mm -hmm. look at that. The thing that I, I love about you and, um, is that you are authentic. And that was the word that you, you used while we were speaking is you said you learned how to be authentic and just bring things to God. Right. Because you know, that was actually the source of a lot of my anxiety, the anxiety that I dealt with just not, I didn't even know that I was being inauthentic until I, I had to get a revelation from God. I guess, you know, if you don't know who you are for so many years, God actually has to show you. But um, the, 
who I am right now, I'm more, um, I'm free to like speak, you know, you know, a little bit candidly instead of beating around the bush all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm able to tell people no. At first I was so afraid to say no. I had such a fear of man. Now I'm not saying that I, I get it right all the time. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I'm not where I used to be. Yes. I was so afraid, so afraid to talk to people. Um, just so not me, so not me, so yeah. not comfortable in myself. But now it's like, hey, this is this is <laughs> this is who I am. It's there it is. So you know. <laughs> and the thing about express boundaries, though, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, to have boundaries and that's what protects you and keeps you safe and builds confidence too. So that's, that's really huge. A lot of people struggle with that. So that's awesome. That was no, the hardest lessons I had to learn. Was yeah, you know what, when, wouldn't you rather have an honest no than a dishonest yes? Exactly. Any I mean, day. all of us would rather have someone say honestly, no, than they tell you yes. And then they don't do it. I mean, and that's me. You're you're saying the stuff that I tell my friends, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. It's like the spokesperson now for it because it's so freeing when you learn how. But that's the thing is you don't know. You were never allowed to say no. Exactly. Yes. You're never allowed to. So you don't even know what it looks like. You don't mm-hmm. know. There's definitely not an understanding behind it, or that you can that it's even available. Yeah. You know, I learned how to say no. I was working at a school, a private school here in Houston, and I had two year, two year old little, you know, babies and they were so free. No, no, no. (laughs) During that time, it was so hard, but I learned and I was also reading a book on boundaries, several books on boundaries. During that time, it was such a transforming uh, season in my Christian journey, but I learned how to say no because I... I I never had the freedom to say no. Things were taken from me without my permission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you just think, you know, when things are taken from you without your permission, well, I used to say it breaks your no. It breaks your ability to say no. And you just pretty much lay down and just let stuff happen to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you say to people? You know, there there are some listeners who are probably struggling with some sort, you know, with some sort of mental, whether, you know, mental illness, whether it's depression, bipolar, whatever it is. And they just, they just want to be okay. They want to be good. I mean, they want to, you know, like what you expressed, I just want to have my life together. I want to be able to pay my bills and keep a job. So what would you say to them? I would have to say, I know I said something else before, but I would have to say baby steps. Okay. Just start like where you are, like, and God loves you right where you are. Yeah. You don't have to come, you don't have to clean yourself up and then go to God. You go to God just how you are and just start with just even small steps in the right direction and just, um, just accept yourself. I, I think, when you begin to receive the love of God, you learn to love yourself, not with a conceited type of love, but it's the godly love that God gives us that causes us to be compassionate toward ourselves and merciful toward ourselves and stop beating ourselves up when we don't feel like we uh, measure up to everybody else's standards for our life. 
Well, and it's, um, you know, we love our neighbor as we love ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to, in order to be an outpouring of love, you have to receive the love of the Father and get filled up with that and recognize how much he loves you, how he sees you, and fully embrace that before you can be that outpouring. But definitely sounds like that's what you did. Mm -hmm. And it's a continuous, you know. It's a process. Oh, yeah. Keep receiving, keep receiving. The best givers are the best receivers, you know. Mm-hmm. Keep drinking in God's love. Yeah. <laughs> so is there, is there anything else you'd like to add before we ask you to pray for our listeners? Just keep, just have hope. Just have hope and journal. If you don't journal, journaling is the best thing. It's a tool that will set you free on the inside. So, yeah. Can you explain to them what journaling is for those people who don't know? Um, for me now, I know for me, I had a hard time really saying exactly what I meant. And I had a fear that if I said exactly what was happening, that I was opening, you know, I was causing the, the things that were happening to me to keep going. Well, God had to give me freedom to share what I was going through, which is how I learned the emotions that I was experiencing. Okay. So it's like the Lord, it's kind of like a Davidic type of thing. David poured out his heart before the Lord and God heard his cry. So some seasons it's like you just allow yourself to stop wearing the mask. Okay. It's okay to put the mask down. It's okay to come before God, you know, um, with no shame. He already knows everything. In those moments where you can't speak what you're experiencing, write it down. And I would write it down in a journal. I would get me a journal and I have like three, four journals full of deep heart stuff that I couldn't verbalize. I would write it down and then I would speak it back to God and just have a conversation with God, just natural conversation. So I have a question, though. So, you know, you, you said what the the first time you heard his voice and what he said to you. Do you remember the second time? Or what, how did he start speaking to you after that? After that, everything. This is a whole nother story, but everything came on like um, my ability to see in the in the spiritual realm, my ability to hear um, all of my senses just came on and just, it was like somebody dumped all of these gifts on me and didn't tell me how to use them. So I'm, and no one taught me before I went to a supernatural ministry school, everything came on and I just, I just knew like inside, I just knew like, for example, I would get words of knowledge and I didn't even know that they were called words of knowledge, but I knew I need to pray for this person. So it was, it was just, um, I can't, pinpoint just one time it was yeah. all of it was just dumped on me i i like to say it was because my dad died in that same week and so maybe i got his um his spiritual inheritance too i have reason to believe that <laughs> interesting so can but you- i think that although you just started sorry yeah you just started um having a lot more supernatural experiences sounds like it just opened up the door for you. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden things just totally changed that opened up your spiritual eyes. And then you could start sensing things. It seems like understanding something about someone else without even knowing them and you knew how to go pray for them. And so um, 
things just started developing really quickly for you. That's awesome. Yeah, really fast, like really fast. So, (laughs) So could you uh, pray for our listeners, please? Yes. So, Father, we thank you for your beautiful children today. Lord, we speak blessings over them, God. We thank you for the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you for divine protection, your peace to be their portion, Lord, in these day from this day forward, God. Let your peace be their portion in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just pray the blood of Jesus Christ over them. Lord, I even pray that books will come forth out of the um, the stories of every listener, God. I pray, Lord, that you will put their set their feet on the right course. Father, I even thank you, God, that uh, because of uh, uh, this, Lord, that some will just begin to step into a newfound freedom, Lord, that they would um, be given the keys of freedom, Lord, for those around them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just pray, God, that your spirit of counsel, might, wisdom, and divine grace will be upon your children in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, um, not just for your time, but I just, you know, there are some people you like to be around. You know, because they just have this joy about them. They're like, you know, I just want to be, you're one of those people. And so just thank you for sharing your joy that you found uh, um, with us. Yes. Thanks, Akisha. It was so nice to meet you and to um, hear your story. I know it's going to bless a lot of people. A lot of people have struggled a lot with um, various, you know, emotional, mental, physical you know, the, the cutting and all of that. I know that there's a lot of people yeah. who have struggled with that. So I'm glad that you've been set free from all of that. And I just pray blessing over your life in Jesus name and all the things that you're doing. Amen. Thank you guys for having me tonight. Transformation. I mean, when I was listening to her and we were just, you know, deciding, you know, if she, you know, because we, we listen to their stories before they come on to record and um, I just felt at the beginning, I just wanted to cry. Um, just the abuse, and then she ends up as a ward of the state. I'm just thinking, you know, she she just wanted to be good. I mean, that's what she kept saying. And, and I just thought, this is so sad. And, but, you know, her story is a story of how grace really transforms, how God literally took her from depression and this, this, all these struggles with mental illness and, and wanting to be good. And you heard her. Now she says, I accept who I am, right? I'm authentic with others and with God. And she's just full of joy. Yeah, she has this uh, healthy sense of self and confidence and just peace and everything's going to be okay. And I think that that was, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine the feelings in such despair and such aloneness. I mean, no wonder she was struggling with depression. I mean, come on, anybody would in that circumstance. I mean, I don't even know if she had outside family members. I doubt it. I mean, anybody she could turn to, no one definitely willing to love her to the point where they would take her in and help her and take care of her. 
And so, yeah, she's going to be desperate and alone and struggling emotionally. And that's just horrible um, to hear how she had to go through that. But I love that she learned some tools. And one of those tools is really big, too, which is journaling. And it helps you to get all of that that's inside out, especially if there's no one there to listen. Yeah. You know, if you can't process it out verbally with someone else. Well, I like that. And I like that she's figured out. Well, I mean, figured out. Okay. She's developing her relationship with God. So she pours out her heart. She describes her journaling as pouring out her heart, like on paper. And to God, then, yeah. And then to God, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and this is something we all need to understand is that it's, it's a living relationship. It's two way where, you know, we heard that he, God speaks to her, but he also listens, you know, she has her turn when she speaks and he has his turn when he speaks. So it's just dynamic. And I love that. And she goes, she goes to him without shame, without guilt, without any of that. It's not like God's, God is ever surprised. And he looks down and says, Oh, I'm so shocked that Sherry's doing that. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, he knows. So we need to learn to bring everything to, to him. Jesus says, come to me, right? All who are weary, all who are heavy laden, right? Learn from me, take my yoke and I will give you rest. And that's one thing I can say about her is she seems, even though she's God, she's a teacher, she's in seminary. There's, there's something about her that's at rest. And well, she knows how to move forward now, right? Yeah. I mean, she has her, she, she knows God, she has him with her and he can walk her through the yeah. trials that, you know, life brings to each and every one of us. Right. I mean, it's just that you don't escape that, but now you know how to handle it. Yeah. You have a way you understand you know, um, how to handle it. So she's definitely been able to um, do that. And she mentioned Psalms. And I think that's so important too, just how David, King David wrote the Psalms and he was very emotionally expressive. He poured out his heart and he's a wonderful example of how, you know, God can handle that. Just tell him everything that you're afraid of, everything that you're sad about, everything that you're mad about. Whatever it is that's going on inside of you, that's what David did. He just poured it out before God. And God was there. And at the end of the day, he knew. He's like, but God, God, I know that you're here. I know that you're going to help me. I know that you have a plan for my life. That's where he would land. So it's okay to, you know, express yourself and get it all out and get all of your emotions out. But what we want to do is land with, but I trust you, God. I know that you're working in my life. I know that you've got a plan. I know something good is going to come out of this and I'm being developed and delivered and all of those things. So, um, but the point that what was so freeing is learning how to just be open and honest before God. And it's okay to do that. Some people don't realize that it is okay to do that. Yeah. Well, that's the authenticity that she was talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So before we close, um, I just want to, I just want to pray for anyone who is struggling with depression or mental illness um, because God still heals today. 
Um, Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and, and forever. He is the healer. He was the healer. He will always be the healer. So um, we just want to pray for you. Um, and if you experience healing, we would love to hear from you. So reach out to us on YouTube. Reach out to us on any Anchor or Spotify or any of the other places that you might be listening. And just let us know what God has done for you. So, Father, I just lift up all of our listeners in the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, you are the healer. So we just, we just break any depression in the name of Jesus. We just command it to lift off anyone who's suffering right now in the name of Jesus. Any bipolar, any, any schizophrenia. We just come against all of that in the name of Jesus Christ. And we command it to lift off in Jesus' name. I just speak the mind of Christ, wholeness and healing and shalom to everybody's brain in the name of Jesus. I speak peace to every part of your brain and that it would be functioning normally. All of the chemical and electrical frequencies in your brain come into complete working order in Jesus' name. And I also speak a reversal of all the trauma yes. in your life in the name of Jesus, because that is available at the cross of Jesus Christ. He took all of our sickness, all of our sin, all of our wounding, all of it, he took at the cross. And by his wounds are we healed. So I just bless you with that in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you for being with us today on the Grace Chronicles, Stories of God's Redemption. And we will see you in a couple of weeks.